0: Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles and uh, something to take notes with. You having a good Sunday so far? Goodness gracious. Thank you, Lord, for our worship team. I think they I think they left. They're like talking about how awesome they just did or something like that. Open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Oh, my gosh. My kids are in here. I'm going to be distracted the whole time. So cute. Smithy. Oh, man. All right, 2 Timothy, go ahead and open up your Bible there. You excited to hear from God today? Was anybody here at church last week? We uh, talked about um, a lot of different things last week, and I know that for me, uh, I I have been challenged many times this week, just in the quiet moments and the things going from one thing to another, uh, that something I said that God God has been bringing back up to me over and over again, kind of like, you're going to live this one out? you going to live this one out or are you just going to say it one time and say, that sounded real good? <laughs> Demand of yourself to be filled. With the breath of God, I've been challenged this week, and uh, I hope that if you were here last week that you didn't come to church the same way you always come to church. I'm not, I decided this week, I'm saying, you know what, God, you're right, you're right, it's got to be a new normal. I got to go deeper. I got to have more. I got to hear more from you. I got to be changed by you. I'm putting myself before you. Is anybody with me in church this morning? We are here to be changed by the word of God, so if that's not what you came here for, that's okay, that's what you're going to get. We believe that God always does more than we're ready for if we just make a little bit of space for Him. So I'm encouraged to be here this morning. Um, Welcome to everybody online. We we got a new thing going online because we started doing it during quarantine. And then we thought, you know what? Why not leverage a few tools and a few cameras to just saturate the city of Minneapolis in the name of Jesus? So just so you know, so you're going to see more cameras around here and stuff like that. You'll get used to it like in a month and you'll stop seeing them during worship. And you won't even notice they're ever there. But... If you got friends who like like I do, who are like, yeah, totally, come to church sometime, and then they never do, this is the opportunity right here. So uh, if you're sitting in bed, we're doing this for you. It's a front door, though. Your bed is not church, so come here. (laughs) If you're in Second Timothy, say I'm there. Anybody else there? All right, we're going to read our text this morning that I'm going to share with you out of, and uh, part of our new normal is we're going to stand for the reading of the Word of God. So why don't you go ahead and stand up. We're becoming quickly one of those stand-up, sit-down churches. It's an aerobic class to be in church. I'm going to read for us, and then um, I want to pray. Actually, I'm going to pray first, and then we'll read. Does that sound good? Good. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for your church. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your spirit inside of us. We thank you for the differences among us this morning, and we thank you that in all of it we are unified by the spirit of the living God. We thank you for our time of worshiping you together already. Thank you for what you've begun to do in this room. Thank you for what you've begun to do today when we woke up, the things we were feeling, the things we weren't feeling. It was all you speaking to us in some way. Oh God, we turn our ears to you right now, in Jesus' name. We turn our heart to you right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I'm just reminded right now of uh, somebody came up to me during worship and shared something they felt like the Lord was sharing uh, for, for all of us. And it's kind of this image she shared of this image in her head, kind of, of of all of us as people. And we were coming to church and our hearts were on our outsides. And it was just this invitation, put your heart out before the Lord. So Lord, let's do that right now. Lord, we do that right now. God, we, just, we take our hearts out from behind our walls, from behind our lack of hunger, if we have any, from behind our lack of expectation that we might have this morning. Lord, we set it out before you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm reminded of the verse, offer your lives as a living sacrifice. Lord, we put our hearts on the altar right now. We say, come Holy Spirit and burn us this morning. Burn in us, Lord. Refine the things that need to be refined. Change the things that need to change. Add the things that need to be added. Take away the things that need to be taken away. Come, Holy Spirit. You can have our hearts. As we open up your word right now, God, we expect to hear from you. We expect to be shaped by you. We need the leadership of Jesus. We need the voice of Jesus. Come and do what you do, Lord. Come and do what you do. But I just, I sign myself up right now and I sign up this church for a new normal right here, right now. God, we're never going back. It's been good, but we want more. We haven't seen anything yet, Lord. Come Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Is anybody hungry this morning? Oh God, we're desperate for you, Lord. We need it. Our families need it. Our children need it. Our neighbors need it. Our coworkers need it. Our friends need it. They need us to burn for you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Wake us up right now. Hallelujah. Come, Spirit of God, and speak. In Jesus' name, everybody who's ready to get started at church, shout amen. 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 Let's read the Word of God. 2 Timothy, starting in chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. According to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Do you know that Jesus has a promise this morning? He has a promise for you. It is the promise of life in Christ Jesus. Life is found nowhere else but in Christ Jesus. Nobody else holds the promise of life but Christ Jesus this morning. may not get to the message. We may just preach right here. To Timothy. Somebody say, Timothy. My beloved child. Grace. Mercy, peace. Look at somebody and say grace. Somebody else to say mercy. Shout across the room peace. peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that what you're expecting this morning? Do you know that's what you get when you open up the word of God? When God speaks to you, that's what you can expect. Grace, praise the Lord. Mercy, I need mercy. Anybody need peace this morning? One more time, shout peace. Peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. We are not going to get anywhere this morning. I can tell right now. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Sometimes it's not day and night. Sometimes it's night and day. You ever lost sight of which one's which? All the problems kind of run together. Not sleeping at night. Things keeping you up. You're praying and praying, not because you want to, but you got no other choice. You'd like to pray more during the day, but it's turned into night and day. As I remember your tears, did you know your tears are in the Bible? Did you know your tears are in the Bible? You can bring your tears to the Word of God, He's not surprised. He remembers your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Anybody here because somebody else prayed for you? Anybody else here because somebody else made a way for you? Anybody else here because someone believed in you? Anybody else here because someone called out something in you that you didn't see in yourself and you ran away from it for a long, long time, but you kept wanting to go back to that person's house because there was some mac and cheese there, but there was some courage there. There was some faith there. There was some identity there. There was a grandmother there praying for you. Anybody's here because your mama prayed for you? And now I'm sure it dwells in you as well. I want to tell you this morning, there's more than just you sitting in your seat. There's more than just you standing in your shoes this morning. There's some people who have gone before you. Some people you knew. Some people you didn't know. Some people prayed for you. Some people never knew you, but you're standing in their shoes. You're standing in their faith. You're standing in their prayers. That thing you saw in them, now I'm sure it dwells also in you. Mm. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and sit down. I'm going to start preaching now. I used up most of my time, so we'll see what happens next. 2 Timothy 1. 1-7. I want to preach a message to you this morning. We are starting uh, our, our, our three weeks here in the book of 2 Timothy. I want to share a message with you this morning. Do you have your notes out? Does your neighbor have your notes out? Raise your hand if your neighbor doesn't have your notes out. No. <laughs> I'm going to preach a message to you this morning titled, Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Somebody say, Jesus is King. Jesus is King. And I want to take a few minutes like I said, I've already spent lots of my time, so we're going to see what happens here. But I'm going to take a few minutes here to, to teach you about 2 Timothy before I teach you out of 2 Timothy. Can we do that? I want to give you a little bit of context, show you some things here. Sometimes we could approach the Word of God like it's nice and tidy and old and dead, and we need to be reminded, as it says in these verses three or four times, I'm reminded, I'm reminded, I remember, I remind you that the Bible is alive. Jesus is alive. The word of God is alive, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, separating the things that need to be separated in us this morning. If you came for a dead old book, you came for the wrong thing. But Jesus is ready to speak to you this morning. If you've been with us over the last few months, that's what these last few months have been all about. Starting out back in March, we have been doing kind of a a walk through the Bible, kind of a a few books at a time. Because we don't want to just come to church and hear the Bible read to us. We want to know how to read the Bible for ourselves. I know that for me as I preach every week, I'm praying that you leave here hungry to read the Bible. You might get a good word from me, you might not. But if you're not getting a hunger to read the Bible, I'm not doing my job. We want to be a people of the Word of God. Starting back in March, we, we shared some messages, I, uh, I don't understand my Bible, can I trust my Bible? Does anybody remember those? If you've ever thought either one of those things, go on back and get started on that. We've spent some time, we, we walked through the book of Luke, walking up to Easter. We went through Jeremiah, my dad preached an amazing series out of Jeremiah called uh, Lover and Judge. Hello. We spent a few weeks in Nehemiah as quarantine was ending, and we didn't know we were walking into a timely word from the Lord. If you missed that, make sure you go back and check it. We've been on a detour the last couple of weeks, but we are stepping back into a rhythm that God spoke to us at the beginning of the year, going through some books of the Bible. Got some New Testament, we got some Old Testament, we got some prophets, we got some letters, we got some gospel, we got a little bit of everything because I like buffets. My mom's judging me right now because I said I like buffets. Yes, I only have a few minutes left and I'm gonna waste it talking about buffets. What do we know about 2 Timothy? I wanna tell you a few things. Number one, we find out who has written this letter, this book of 2 Timothy in the Bible. It wasn't originally penned in a leather bound, clean book that you have underneath your chair. It was a letter written, and it tells us right from the beginning, by a, name, by a man named Paul. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And it is written to, we find out in verse 2, to Timothy, his beloved child. And I want to talk to you a little bit about these men. I don't know that, I want to assume that you know too much about them. And if you do know something, we can always be reminded. We can always be reminded. I, I, I want well, to talk first about Paul. And and when I thought about what what can you say about Paul, really the only thing that I can think of to say about Paul is Paul was a bad man. Paul was a bad man. You ever watch the NBA when Mark Jackson's the commentator? Mama, there goes that man. After Steph Curry drains that step back three. Okay, just, okay. Paul's like that. We meet Paul in Acts chapter 8, different book of the Bible. Uh, We meet him as a man named Saul who is overseeing the execution of the first martyr of the faith. Not the guy you would think would be now writing something that we're reading in the Bible. He is standing over uh, the execution of a man named Stephen, the first martyr for Jesus, and he is approving. And what we learn immediately after this is that Saul goes from that execution on a crusade around uh, Jerusalem and other towns to find Christians and their families to imprison them and kill them. He is not into this Jesus. Acts chapter 9, we... Meet Paul, he's on his way to a city called Damascus so that he can wreak some havoc and the king shows up. Jesus shows up and knocks Paul, knocks Saul off his high horse and blinds him and speaks to him and calls him out and puts him in bed for three days where he can't eat or drink. If you thought Jesus was soft, try standing against his church. Jesus goes and finds one of his other followers and says, Go find Saul, I want you to pray for him. You know those neighbors we've been talking about you don't want to talk to? That Jesus keeps telling you to go talk to. It's nothing new. The man goes to Saul, he prays for him. He leads him to Jesus. Got an email. We're working out some kinks back on back to church. He prays for Saul. Saul gives his life to Jesus. His name is changed to Paul. The scales fall off of his eyes physically and metaphorically. He's baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And Acts 9 continues and tells us that Paul immediately began going to the synagogues not to arrest Jesus' followers but to proclaim that Jesus is king. He begins to preach, he's there for several years in Damascus, uh, strengthening the church, multiplying the church, Acts chapters 9 and 10 continue to tell us about this man as he uh, goes from being somebody who is attacking people and killing them to now, people are trying to attack him and kill him. And he sneaks out of the city late at night, years years after his conversion, as he begins to preach, and he goes to Jerusalem thinking, I'll go to the brothers there, the Jesus followers there, they'll keep me safe, and he shows up and they are not into Paul. It's been a few years, but they remember a few years ago. They were the ones hiding in the hills, watching as Stephen was killed as Saul stood by. And now here comes Paul, knocking on their door, calling himself a brother. Takes a man named Barnabas, one of the trusted men, uh, one of the trusted leaders, to stand up and say, hey, I think we should trust this guy. And long story short, over the next 25 or 30 years, Paul travels all of the known world at the time, spreading the gospel. He sees miracles and signs and wonders. Cities are turned upside down and inside out by the power of God. He's beaten and left for dead multiple times. He's arrested many times and put in prison. He's shipwrecked. He speaks powerfully in Acts 15 at the Council of Jerusalem where all the big leaders of the church got together to figure out, this is great, the gospel's amazing, but what do we think about these Gentiles? And I know the Bible never speaks to anything going on today. I know you would never find anything relevant in the Bible, but what does the gospel say about the one who doesn't look like me? What does the gospel say about the one who doesn't come from the same background I come from? What does the gospel say about the one who doesn't believe all the same things that I believe? And the gospel is found to be the same for him and for her. For everybody, for all people. Paul is right there, standing up, fighting for you and fighting for me. He stood up to the Roman Empire. Angels led him out of prison. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He silenced witches. He, there was demons literally afraid of him. There's a story about somebody trying to cast out demons and the demons talk to them. We know Jesus and we know Paul, but who are you? Paul was a bad man. But this Paul in 2 Timothy is not that Paul. That Paul, that Paul did write this. That Paul is this Paul, but this Paul's, this Paul's different. It's the same man, but he's different. Second Timothy is not the book of Romans, a legal discourse of truth, of the truth of the gospel, penned to reshape entire cultures. It's not Galatians. It's not a scourging rebuke of a people who have turned away from the free grace of God and have decided to start to lean on their works. Second Timothy is not first and second Corinthians a strong shepherd stepping in to course correct a church that has become that has begun to leverage the power of the gospel for their own carnal desires. Second Timothy's different. Second Timothy's different. It's a, it's a farewell letter from a master to his prodigy, from a leader to his successor. Verse 2 tells us from a father to his beloved son. Timothy is not Paul's actual son, but Timothy is now pastoring the church at Ephesus, the church to whom the book of Ephesians was written, a dynamic church, one of the most important churches and one of the most important cities on the earth at the time, a huge church, a growing church, a church that Paul started back in Acts and then, like I said, wrote the book of Ephesians 2. Timothy started out as a young companion of Paul's. We learn about his grandmother and his mother who had a great reputation and said, we think you should take this boy along with you. We think he could be strong in the ministry. And Paul takes this young buck along and they go on all kinds of journeys. They go in and out of, prison together, and their relationship develops from a mentor and a mentee to a father and a son. And at the writing of 2 Timothy, Paul is now about 65 or so years old. Not not 65 years young, like some of you. He's 65 years old. 30 plus years on the road, in and out of prison, in and out of health, in and out of provision, in and out of friendships, in and out of Ships, snake bit, shipwrecked, stoned, and now he is alone. And he's in prison again, and this time he knows the clock's running out. And he's thinking about his son. Second Timothy is the last letter we have that Paul ever wrote. My prayer is that over our final few minutes together this morning as we begin. Our journey in Second Timothy, my prayer is that over the next three weeks, we not only just hear from God out of Second Timothy, but I believe that God wants to use Second Timothy uh, to speak to us out of Second Timothy, but also present to us a sort of a form of a framework of the entire New Testament. I believe that there is so much to learn as we go through Second Timothy that will shape how you read every book of the New Testament, everything of the New Testament as a whole, not just letters. They're just letters that a, that a man used to write, but God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you through 2 Timothy. And and as I look through 2 Timothy, I see three themes that I see pop up in every single book of the New Testament that have shaped a lot in me and I know so many others of how do we read the New Testament? How do we interpret the New Testament? How do we understand what it is saying to us? There are three common themes through each book and through this book that the Holy Spirit uses over and over again to help the church refocus. Somebody say Focus. Focus, that's what the New Testament is all about. It's about focus, focus. And these three things are hit over and over again to help us refocus, to help us focus as disciples of Jesus. Originally penned to the first Jesus followers, they echo to us today as we learn to navigate, how do I follow Jesus out of my sinful past? How do I follow Jesus in various cultures that pull me away from him? How do I follow Jesus through unique challenges of my life? How do I follow Jesus through the unique challenges that we face corporately as a church? How do I follow Jesus when it costs more than I want it to? Just how do I follow Jesus? Have you ever thought that? Then the New Testament is for you. As we read the New Testament and we discuss 2 Timothy, I want you to have eyes to see the first theme of 2 Timothy, the first theme of every book through the New Testament. The first theme of the New Testament itself, itself. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. The first thing that 2 Timothy marks out for us its the first thing that every book of the New Testament tries to tell you that Jesus is king. Number verse, verse number one, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. I'm not here doing my own thing. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I'm called by Jesus. I'm doing what Jesus asked me to do and it is because Jesus has a will that he is executing on the earth that I am doing what I am doing. I'm not doing it because I thought it sounded good. I'm doing it because there is a king. Who has plans and purposes. And he saved me and asked me to be a part of it. And after that, it's just yes, sir. I thank God whom I serve, verse 3 says. I thank God whom I serve, who I serve. I don't get a vote. I thank God. Not the president. I thank God. I don't get a vote. I'm not posturing for my personal agenda. I'm not waiting to see if I approve of his instructions. I thank God. I thank God because it's an honor. I thank God because it's an honor to serve my king. I thank God whom I serve, who I serve because he is the king. Jesus is king. And I believe that one of the most underrepresented truths of God in our daily Christianity that I've observed in my life and the life of so many of us, if I can be honest and frank and speak to us clearly, this morning it is the beautiful, life-altering, joy-filled, heart-freeing, anxiety-busting truth That Jesus is king. Jesus is king. No one voted him in. No one's gonna vote him out. No one gets a say in it. No one can beat him. No one can take his seat. No one can control him with campaign contributions. Jesus is king. He doesn't work for me. He doesn't have a term limit. He doesn't need my approval, your approval, or our approval. He is king. He alone is the creator of the universe. He alone is the Ancient of Days, the Alpha and Omega, the Beginning and the End, the First and the Last, the Living One who alone has the keys to death and hell. He alone is alive forevermore. He alone is the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. But he who sits in the heavens laughs and holds them in derision. Jesus is king. Paul wants Timothy to make it for the long haul. I want to make it for the long haul. I want you to make it for the long haul. And so I remind you this morning out of Second Timothy, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Verse seven tells us it is this king. For God, King Jesus gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Jesus is the king of power. He is building his church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against him. Jesus is the king of love, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? I'm talking to you this morning. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life come on somebody. Are we going to be at church or are we going to be at church this morning? Nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come. No powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is king. He is the king of power. He is the king of love. Somebody shout. Somebody say amen. Somebody lift up praise this morning. There is one king. Come on, somebody show somebody how we praise in church. You're sitting down. You're being too quiet. Jesus is the king. Jesus is king. He is the king of power. He is the king of love. Now somebody shout if he's the king of yourself. He is the king of power. He is the king of love. But I must ask you this morning, is he the king of yourself? Paul writes his letter and he starts off saying, let me remind you of some things. I remember you. I remember you, Timothy. I remember you, son. I remember our times. I remember your tears. Undoubtedly, probably Timothy had just wrote him a letter that had tears on it. I remember your tears. I remember your mother. I remember your grandmother. I remember you night and day. I don't really sleep anymore. I'm not really comfortable anymore. But when I think about you, I remember you. And I just want to see you because when I see you, it brings me joy. Not for all that you can do for me, but because I love you. You are my son. And I am reminded of you right now. And he says, for this reason, let me remind you. Let me remind you. Fan into flame the gift of God. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and self-control. See, I think 2 Timothy, it's obvious that 2 Timothy was written by old man Paul. This is is old man Paul talking. It's young, zealous Paul who says, God is the king of power. You know, Paul who ran around raising the dead and healing the sick when after he got arrested, just getting out of jail by angels and going straight back to the town square. My king is the king of power. It was mature Pastor Paul reminding Timothy, he is the king of love. He is the king of love. People will leave you. People will forsake you. People will stress you out. But Jesus is the king of love. But it is old man Paul. Old man Paul reminding you and me this morning, that our king has given us a spirit of self-control. Doesn't it just sound like the old man wisdom that you get? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Old man wisdom, old woman wisdom? It's not complicated, but they say, I could say the same thing, but when they say it is different. You know the little things? I remember there was, there was one guy in college, he, was, uh, he would hang out with our college section, him and his wife. They are like 75 years old at the time. And uh, we'd have breakfast at their house on Saturdays, and he would make us biscuit and eggs. Sweet man had a radical testimony. Uh, just sitting the behind the scenes, you know, just happy to be here. And he just we were talking one morning over breakfast. And he stood up. He just said, "I want to say something." I'm like, All right, Mr. Terry, go for it. He says, "I found out that all I have of value in this life is what I give away." I'm like, okay, and that was all he had to say. It's old man Paul, Timothy, let me remind you about self-control. If you want to make it for the long haul, if you want to be able to persevere and do all of the amazing things I wrote to you in all these other letters, perseverance, endurance, faith, sharing the sufferings of Christ, you're going to need self-control. It's, it's easy to find people who will agree with you that Jesus is the king of the world. Oh, yeah, I love the big man upstairs. God is good. I had somebody just tell me last week, oh, I'm for sure that God's real, but I don't know about your Jesus. <laughs> it's, not fine to, it's not hard to find people who will agree. Am I right? God's somewhere out there. He's probably real. God's good. It's not hard to find somebody who will give you a corona bump when you say God is love. That Jesus is love. He's the king of love. Love is easy. It's easy for God to be love when I get to define love however I want to define it. But Paul reminds us this morning, the Holy Spirit speaks to us this morning through 2 Timothy. If you want to make it for the long haul, if you want to be who you're called to be, church, if you want to follow Jesus in this world, let me remind you that Jesus cannot just be A king of power, a king of love, he must be the king of yourself. He must be the king of your time, the king of your desires, your thoughts, your finances, your decisions, your dreams, your priorities, your preferences and opinions, your processes, your timing, your seasons of life. Jesus must be king of yourself. See, Jesus is king. And he's got all the power to bring his kingdom. And when he brings his kingdom, it is so full of a radical, world-changing love, but he is looking for some people who will put their self on the altar. Jesus wants to bring his kingdom, but he brings it through self that is surrendered. And that's what it means for Jesus to be king. I want you to stand as we close this morning. We're going to worship together. And I want to call us to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning. I want to call you this morning that if you are here this morning with any inkling in your heart saying, how do I follow Jesus? Step one is surrendering to the truth that Jesus is king. Jesus must be king of yourself. Jesus does not work well as an accessory to our life. He does not work well being boxed in and measured in our life. If you want the kingdom of God, make Jesus the king of your life the king of everything inside of you. And I don't really have much else to say past that. I want Jesus. I want the kingdom of God. And if we as the church... And our church and this church wanna see this kingdom come. It starts with each one of us individually putting ourselves before the feet of the king, surrendering and submitting and saying, Jesus, it is your will be done. It is your kingdom come. It is your word that will guide me. It is your love that will control me. It is your spirit that must possess me. Too often we use language that's too clean and tidy in church. The Holy Spirit wants to touch you. No, he doesn't. He wants to possess you. Jesus' love doesn't want to touch you. He wants to control you. Jesus doesn't want to improve you. He wants you to be born again. And when we do, when we give ourselves to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we will see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna have some of our prayer team, I think, off to the sides or something. I don't know how we do this with the mask and everything, but... If you need prayer, don't leave without getting it. And uh, just like last week, we're gonna have the the front wide open because sometimes you just need to come and kneel before the King. Sometimes you need to stay where you are. I don't know what you, I'm not gonna be looking at you. I'm just in the front doing my thing too. But I would call us this morning as we respond post-quarantine, post-COVID situation into our new normal. Can we start with a new normal on bended knee saying, Jesus, you are the King of myself. I believe that you can heal the sick. I believe that you love anybody, but do I believe that you are the king of myself? Will I put myself at your feet? So Jesus, we love you. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, come right now. Draw us to our knees. Bend us anywhere that we are living for ourselves. Bend us anywhere that we are not being soft towards your word and towards your voice. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring us to your throne that we might find adoption that we might find identity, that we might find power and love and self-control, that the world might know you. In Jesus' name.